Hello everyone and welcome to One Chill Report Podcast, episode 162. Yoder here today, talking about video games, and it's been kind of a weird week. Maybe not that weird, honestly. <laughs> I mean, maybe last week was weird because I actually played video games, but but yeah, um, I was trying to finish up the PCFX podcast. I was expecting to do that early last week, but unfortunately did not come together quite as quickly as I was hoping to. So so pretty much spent most of the week working on that still. Uh, I stayed up pretty late on Saturday finishing it up, but as of this Sunday, I think we're pretty much good to go. Right right under the <laughs> the timer on that. So so that's going to be going up on Tuesday and you know, in working on that podcast, I think this is a thing I was, you know, I, Something I may not be super clear when I when I when I'm posting those podcasts to to listeners, but I'm I'm usually pretty clear with the people I'm participating with, is that uh those are very much learning experiences for me. I would not say <laughs> I don't know if I'm a great podcast host per se. I feel like I'm a very loud man who talks over other people too much, but <laughs> but I try and I'm trying to learn to get better. And 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 so far, I think every every podcast I've done, I felt like I've learned something new. And uh, this one, I definitely feel that's the case too. Um, I do feel like this is one of the the stronger podcasts I've done in terms of content. Um, I I I maybe not the most well worded person when it comes to to explaining myself. Uh, but I think I think I generally did everything I wanted to do with it, and and I think it involved. Um, if you don't know the 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 other person who participated for the podcast is uh, uh Matt who goes under the name Playongo or Filler. Um, so so he he helped helped me with that podcast quite a bit. He's he's been much more involved than probably any other <laughs> any other person in the actual production process. So I do do appreciate that. I don't get a lot of feedback on the stuff I make. So anytime anybody's like, hey, I think this, it's always helpful because it, it it gives me a second to look at something. And be like, oh, you're right. I like I need a second set of eyes to to understand this kind of thing. So so that's been super helpful. So I'm really glad that that came together. Um, I think the 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 biggest thing right now that I'm a little a little if, if I were to go back and do one thing it would be to start with normalizing the audio in a more more correct way because I think that that kind of created some some ongoing issues and I think it still kind of exists in the podcast a little bit where sometimes the voice level doesn't quite quite match and I'm still you know learning how that works uh, especially when we're involving somebody else in the podcast, I think that's been been the biggest struggle is that um, just just trying to match the voice levels for both people and my dumb voice where like sometimes I start like mumbling like oh I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about and then like and then I go like but <laughs> you know it's like I'm I'm on two ridiculously different level of planes when it comes to 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 uh, my voice so I think that's that's probably the biggest thing I would have gone back and done differently but overall I'm very happy with the actual show. And, and, and if you are interested in the NEC PCFX, I, I really hope you check it out. It took a lot of work, uh, especially adding, adding video to it. Um, that was, I think it's about an hour worth of video that I added to it. And that was quite the challenge from a, a variety of places. Um, I ended up having to play quite a few games that I mentioned in the podcast that I haven't played. I was like, okay, I need to get gameplay for this because the gameplay I'm trying to use isn't working for, for what I need. So I ended up playing through a little bit of a really, I'm, I'm, I'm still bad at this name, really Rarura or whatever. I played probably about like two to three hours of that. Um, I want to spend a bit more time on that game before I talk about it more formally. I might do a quick play of it actually. 
Um, so I, I am, I am stuck in the game right now though. So I got to figure that out. And, and unfortunately I'm not really sure what to do next. And I looked up, there is a long play available, so I can, I can, I can probably figure it out. Uh, but I, I just need to kind of go through and see what I'm missing and, and kind of follow their footsteps to make sure I get all the items I need to progress. So I did that. And then the, uh, Chojin Heki Zeroegar. I'm not a big sh- like shoot 'em up fan, so so that didn't really super you know appeal to me too much. But I but I did enjoy it. Uh, the biggest trouble I had is I'm I'm bad at burning games properly, so I I basically all the cutscenes are broken in it for me for for my uh, copy. So I need to get some smaller discs. Uh, Vink with a uh, Famicom Dojo and Japan Retro Direct. Had mentioned that if I do like 640 megabyte discs rather than 700 megabyte discs, uh, typically the 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 I guess the the burn is more accurate. <laughs> I don't know the best way to put it. Um, so I might try to get some smaller discs and see if that uh that helps. But yeah, that took up the majority of this week. And I and unlike what I said last week, where I was like I'm gonna play Shining Resonance immediately. Um, <laughs> I did not do that this weekend. So, so I did play, uh, more Halo 3, actually finished Halo 3's campaign. So I, it's funny because like, I haven't played Halo 2 since it basically came out. So I was probably like, you know, 14, 15 years old. Uh, I have no idea what's going on with the story in Halo 3 at all. So, so there's like a bunch of these characters that just like suddenly show up and I'm like, I, Sure, I remember them slightly, but I have no idea. I have no idea what the halos are, to be honest with you. I don't know anything. So I'm basically have my brain turned off for that story at this point. Um, it, it, I was kind of surprised that the story is so focused on continuing from Halo 2. Like, I, I feel like with most sequels, usually you see like a story arc that is focused within a particular game, but it has connections out to previous games, where Halo 3 feels like Halo 2 Part 2 in terms of how it's told, at least. Like, like it just picks up right where you left off, basically. And and it never really stops to try to explain what you're doing, because it very much assumes you have played Halo 2 uh, recently, at the very least. <laughs> so, not, not, you know, 15 years apart from when it came out. Um, so... So I, I I had fun with that though I enjoyed that game I mentioned it last week but I think like the, the cooperative in that game is just really goofy and fun, um and in ways that I that I enjoyed, uh, and we're gonna go ahead and start up Halo ODST or Lost Planet two sometime soon so that that seems like it's gonna be the next kind of multiplayer game, uh and, and then I also played uh, a good chunk of time of Dragon Mark for Death again this weekend I was originally thinking about doing a Dragon Mark for Death quick play. Uh, somewhat sooner rather than later, but I kind of want to see more of the end game of Dragon Marked for Death before I before I kind of you know set my my thoughts in stone. You know I'm not going to do like a video review or anything like that. I think if I do anything video related for Indie Creates, unless a, another game just kind of captures my heart, um, it will probably just be like a general Indie Creates video, kind of expressing the the point I make in the Mighty Number no. Nine video about how how Indie Creates characters move and feel that make them feel so unique. I think that would be a good backbone for a video maybe someday. But speaking of which, I have been like looking at doing more variety in videos. You may have noticed with like the the PlayStation 2 research piece, the Chibi Robo research piece last year, I, I might look into doing more like opinion editorial stuff for video as well. Um, so I'm probably going to update the YouTube channel to have like a featured content section. I think that would make the most sense rather than breaking stuff down by you know, individual types of content. I mean, the playlist will still be broken down by individual types of content, 
but I think having a centralized one that's like, this is the big piece of content for the month. This is a multi-tap podcast. This is a review. This is a research piece. Any of those things. I think that would be good to have at the top of the uh, the YouTube page. So so anyways, uh, Dragon Mark for Death. I think I'll do a quick play for that. Nothing really new thoughts why there other when um, I thought we had completed all the quests in the game, basically, or at least the majority of them. Uh, but we've, we, we ended up running into quite a few new quests. I think I'm on the final quest now, though. So so I we do need to grind a bit. I think it's like a level 50 quest and we're... Or no, maybe it's level 45. I think it's level 50 and we're level like 41. So... So just need to grind that out a bit. So that's that's pretty much all I did in terms of gameplay playing uh, between the PCFX stuff, Halo 3, and Dragon Mark for Death. I think I might do a quick focus on Ruru Lee or Rura just because I kind of want to... I kind of want to finish that game. It doesn't seem like a very long game, and I, I've gotten a good good chunk of time into it. So I think I just want to kind of wrap that up and then kind of move on from it. In terms of news this week, I guess kind of to roll into it, uh, Dragon Mark for Death got a PS4 release announced, which is is somewhat exciting for me because I do like Dragon Mark for Death a lot, and I would I would be interested in trying that game out with three or four other people. Um, I've definitely been heavy in pitching it to uh, the other group of people I play games with. Uh, that are three to four people and and being on ps4 is definitely going to make it a lot easier for all of them to kind of get together and want to to participate in it i'm curious how dragon mark for death scales uh from a two to four player you know you know level because right now i'm just playing two players with with uh tim but it's not something that's going to happen before the quick play i can say that for sure they they, there's kind of a lukewarm feeling on dragon mark for death in that group and i'm not 100 percent sure why i think some of it comes from kind of some general uh issues that the game had around launch so i think that might be part of why but eh, eh. anyways uh other news though uh nintendo had a treehouse uh stream the majority of the treehouse was focused on the paper mario and the origami king i didn't watch the whole thing but i I think i saw what i wanted to see personally which was the battle system it's very cool and i'm not sure if they had showed this off a lot beforehand or not uh, but basically, it's like this little um, circular ring that Mario's in the center of, and the enemies kind of surround him on this ring, and you can rotate this ring to put the enemies in like in a row, or in, like a particular pattern, and the different types of attacks you have uh, attack enemies within certain grouping so like if you do the jump attack it attacks everything in front of you in a straight line so before the fight starts you get 30 seconds to line everybody up in a straight line and then you can go ahead and use jump to go ahead and hit all three of them and then if they use a hammer it's like the four squares in front of you in like a in a like cone kind of fashion so you want to get all of them moved into like a, a square in front of you and then if you don't defeat them in that turn they they then spread back out on that ring and you have to kind of readjust it until you get it uh properly again and i thought that was a really really cool battle mechanic uh but the 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 thing that i think is is still kind of the problem with these games and and it was a problem that i saw in sticker star and i assume is carried over into color color splash is like this idea that they still don't like even though they're doing turn-based battle systems in these games they don't want it to be an rpg still i don't think there's any leveling in the game still or anything like that it's kind of weird how just like that that little bit there i think kind of uh kind of paints everybody's uh, you know, vision of what that game is, but I, I do think it makes it so the battles feel um, kind of unimportant in a lot of ways, which is kind of it's kind of a weird thing to say that, and like, but maybe because just like it, it's in such a JRPG style to have it, so you're not getting stronger from these fights. In the case of Sticker Star, you literally were like burning, um, you know, uh, your your inventory on these fights, so it was, it was a detriment to get into fights with characters and to to, to battle. 
Um, so you, you typically would want to just try to get away. Although I think you did lose stickers if you ran away too. So it was like, don't ever get caught in a fight because there's no benefit to you getting caught in a fight. They could get money or something like that. I could see that. Um, and, and yeah, so it's just kind of weird that like, you know, at least from what I saw, it seems like Nintendo's still kind of going this direction of like, we don't want Paper Mario to be like the RPG series, Paper Mario one or, or the thousand year door, which I'm, I'm not a huge Paper Mario thousand year door fan. I, I like Paper Mario 64 when I was a kid. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think I have any particular like personal affinity for it right now. That might change over time once I, if I ever revisit it or something, but right now I don't really have any strong feelings for it. Um, and it, but yeah, it's just strange to see, like, there's just such a vocal, like, don't do this with Paper Mario in the, in the gaming community, at least. Um, but, but, but then they, Nintendo's just like, no, this is what we're doing with this franchise. All of you can get out. <laughs> um, I'm curious if that is reflected in sales in any way. Like, like, it, uh, if the driving force of that is like, well, Paper Mario wasn't selling well before, so we need to find a way for it to be like a, a knockout of the park hit. Where if you make it like more traditional JRPG, you're already limiting its audience. But I feel like JRPGs are popular again, unlike, you know, uh, in the, the late 2000s and early, you know, 2010s where, where JRPGs kind of had a, had a, I don't want to say a bad taste to them in terms of the mainstream, but I, I think people were not thinking about JRPGs within the mainstream, mainstream, uh, gaming, uh, area, uh, the majority of people, but either way, I think it looks fine. I think I would enjoy it if I sat down and played with it. I also enjoyed sticker star to be honest with you, but it also was a game that I, I, I kind of just fell off of at some point. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't a bad game. I just, I just wasn't loving it either. So I just kind of moved on from it. So the other thing that happened, which I, I maybe shouldn't have, but I found it kind of funny was in the, in the announcement for this Nintendo Treehouse event, they're like, Hey, WayForward's going to announce a new video game. And everybody's like, Oh my God, WayForward's going to work on a Nintendo IP. And then Nintendo came out later and was like, absolutely not. They're working on a third party property, but their game will be showed during our Treehouse event. And then after that, it was like a Bakugan game, which that game looks all right. I'm always interested in in games that do like a very Pokemon collect monsters or, or in this case, little robot kind of characters. Or they're kind of big in this game, actually. I think Bakugan, they're typically like these little like balls that kind of roll out or something. I could be wrong about this. This I may be mixing this up with like one of the 30 billion other franchises that are like this. Uh, but but I think it looks kind of neat. Like you have these two giant fighting robots, and you kind of go around in in the uh, in the area and kind of collect different like pieces of energy from the environment, which it seems like it fuels your your monster's attack gauge. I thought it looks co- really cool, but at the same time, well, really cool for what it was. You know, it's a licensed licensed you know uh, a Switch game that's coming out. It reminded me visually a lot of the Yokai Watch Four as well. But but people were very unhappy with that answer, <laughs> and 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 it, unfortunately just like a massive amount of like downvoting and stuff on the video um so it's one of those things that i'm just like i think people get too invested in these things sometimes you know at least for me i usually go in with like a a a minimum expectations of they will show something but i i don't you know i don't think they'll show anything crazy admittedly i think part of that's because i don't really need to see the stuff that other people want to see you know i saw people being like oh yeah New Wario Land, have way forward, make that. And, you know, I, I think it's cool, like, cool, do a Wario Land game. I think that's fine. I don't think I would play a Wario Land game, but that's because there's plenty of Wario Land games that I have not played. Um, so I, I get that the, the people get excited about that. And I think the, the, the kind of the distance I have is that unless you're on stage announcing Clubhouse games or 
Phantom Dust 2, uh, you're probably not going to catch my attention. Uh, I was actually kind of excited, though, about Bakugan specifically because uh, a while ago I picked up the Wii game uh, Bakugan Battle Brawlers for like a dollar, and I actually really enjoyed what I played of that. Not a lot of it. I did not play a ton of it. I think there's a PS3 version as well, um, but I just... I thought that was a really cool game and seeing another game that is like that, but also, you know, trying to do something very different from what that game was trying to do, uh, I think is, is, is kind of fun, but you know, those kind of games I always want to get into, but I never just get around to them. I, I now am the proud owner of Yokai Watch 2 and Yokai Watch 3, and I want Yokai Watch 4. I have not played a single second of Yokai Watch though. Well, that's a lie. I played a demo of the original Yokai Watch when that came out on 3DS in America, um, but yeah, those kind of games are like always high on my list of, I'd like to see what they're doing different from like a Pokemon. Cause I'm not a big Pokemon fan, but just the time commitment just, just means I got to sit down and actually make it work at some point. Uh, but yeah, I think the Bakugan game looks, looks fun. I'm glad, I'm glad they're doing it. I kind of have a, a, a soft spot for licensed games made by companies like WayForward, like Integrate. So it's like, you know, competent developers working on a brand that, you know, probably would usually get shoveled out to, to somebody else. So having, having a good developer working on those kind of things, I think is, uh, is always an encouraging thing. And the last news story we have here is Castlevania Grimoires of Souls. Shutting down on September 9th, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, if you don't, if you haven't been following this game, this was a game that was announced quite a while ago uh, for mobile phones. It's it, it's kind of like a, in some ways, it's similar to Harmony of Despair, where it's like this kind of uh, loot-based Castlevania game. At least that's the impression I get from it. Uh, but it, but it was more focused on on shorter, bite-sized bits of gameplay. Uh, you know, clearing out certain rooms with in quests in, in a in a uh, multiplayer fashion with a bunch of different characters like you know Charlotte, Jonathan, uh, Alucard, uh, you know Simon Belmont, all those things. Um, and and I thought this game actually looked pretty cool. I never really wanted to get got like too excited about trying it out because I was not a huge fan of it being on a uh, you know touchscreen controls. I think if it came out on the Switch, I'd be more interested in checking it out with like you know actual physical controls. Me being an old man. Um, and, and I think I would have tried it if my phone actually supported it, but, uh, I have, a, I think I have a Samsung Galaxy X S7, which is pretty old at this point. And unfortunately I could not actually run the game on there. So, so I never actually got around to checking it out. And it's a shame to see that it looks like it's shutting down, uh, I think less than a year after it came out. It has not been out very long. Uh, and you know, yeah, I, I really know of like uh, two, maybe one or two hardcore Castlevania fans I follow on Twitter that, that have been playing it regularly. Uh, it's a great looking game, I think. You know, it, it, it's not particularly like technically crazy looking, but I think the aesthetic direction of it and 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 like the character models and kind of the attention to detail to, to some of them and it was uh, really appealing. So it's a shame to see that go. I don't really know personally how to like back up those kind of things like mobile games. I did at some point try to back up Final Fantasy Grandmasters when that shut down or at least back up, you know, the client side stuff of the game. Obviously with these games, there's a server side aspect that no one can really do without actually like looking that like doing packet sniffing kind of stuff and seeing what's happening there. Um, but, but I, I just, I don't know much about it to really, really invest the time in to figure it out. So I hope that somebody in the Castlevania community is like, Oh no, we need to save this video game. So 
So yeah, think speaking of archiving actually though, I did do a uh, Love and Barry OVA uh, archive.org upload. So essentially Love and Barry had a like 40 to 50 minute OVA where where it had a, a few CG like dancing song stuff on it, but it also had this uh, anime plot that uh, I I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I I'm, I haven't really played any Love Love and Barry in general honestly, so I'm I'm pretty unfamiliar with the series outside of just what I've you know, experienced from afar from the series so far, but, um, but I did go ahead and buy the, the OVA on DVD. I went ahead and, uh, uh, you know, rip the disc, upload it to archive.org. Also scanned all the, uh, the, the assets that came with it. So pretty happy that's on there. And, and the person I, I, I bought it for, uh, and scanned it for and, and, and ripped it for, uh, they're working on a fan translation for it to be in English. So, you know, obviously, yeah, I'll never say that that's a commitment from somebody when they're working on like a fan project like this, but they seem pretty committed to wanting to get it done fairly soon. So going to be keeping an eye out for that. I'll probably mention that if it comes out, I did watch it without subs and it seems pretty cute from what I did see. I wasn't like, you know, fixated on it, but I, but I had it on the background while I was working on the PCFX podcast stuff, just checking out what, what was going on in it. Uh, some cute outfits in there too. I think I personally prefer the anime look of the the characters, the the like Dreamcast looking uh, Naomi board looking 3D models from Love and Berry. Uh, it it doesn't have particular charm for me, but you know I do love how Castlevania 64 characters look. So there's maybe a place in my heart to love how they look in the game. But but from afar, it's just like ooh, those models are pretty rough. <laughs> So yeah, um, and I'm also looking at maybe going ahead and uploading the uh, Ojo Sama Sosomu Debutante Detective Detective Core uh, DVD. I need to scan the the actual uh, uh, cover still and any of the stuff that's inside of it, and and maybe also the First Kiss Story OVA as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, especially with like Debutante Detective Core because it actually came out in the the U.S. I was a little hesitant to go ahead and upload it. But as far as I can tell, they're not selling it in any way or not streaming it anyway. So I, I don't get the impression they care to re-release whatever this DVD is. So so I think I probably am in the, in the safe to go ahead and upload those. Uh, if I don't know what would happen if they decided they would come take it down. But if they want to take it down, that's fine by me, I guess. Uh, the, the one thing I might want to consider doing with First Kiss Story is, and I need to figure out like what the ethics would be behind this, is there is a a uh, first kiss story YouTube upload of the OVA, um, and that has subtitles for it, but the but the YouTube quality is not great, and I and I've ripped the the DVD uh, for first kiss story, so that that's a higher quality rip, obviously. So I, was, I don't really know the ethics of like you know having somebody else's subs and then putting them on a higher quality video version of the uh, the OVA I might see if I can figure out who did it and and see if I could contact them in some way but you know I'm guessing this thing was subbed you know 20 years ago at this point so I I mean I don't know if that for sure but but you know it, I think it's been a long time uh since somebody somebody subbed that so I I'm kind of interested in doing that but but you know I always will find room in my life for for projects. Uh, 
speaking of speaking of that, a um, couple of things that I'm kind of looking at here in the future. Um, a couple other podcasts in the future I'm thinking about. One is pretty much set in stone, um, or at least, you know, it seems very likely it's going to move forward. It, it, it relies on me taking some time, though, to, to kind of re-research a game and and get an outline put together for it so so it's going to take a little effort on my part um there's some new developments in the chibi robo scene in terms of what's going on with skip um i'm gonna go ahead and i think make an update video for that because a lot of a lot enough has changed that i can go ahead and update or provide a a a formal update i think and it's been almost about a year i think by the time i actually put it out it will be close to a year since since um since i actually originally published that video so I think that's going to be a fairly short project. I'm hoping to turn that around pretty quickly, but I have not started it yet other than, you know, noti- noticing what those new updates were and what I would like to include in the video. And then I'm also, you know, trying to finish up the um, Wizard of Oz Beyond the Yellow Brick Road review that I've been talking about forever. And Valkyria Revolution is also on that that roadmap too. And so in saying all that though, um, that kind of means that 2020 is pretty much filled out at this point. I think that leaves me one slot for the end of the year to put another thing in there. Um, but if, if I stick to the content that I am looking at right now, I think we're pretty much see what our 2020 is. Um, I would, I will not say, you know, maybe, maybe this is something I can reconsider. Um, but, but I think the reality is, is that the things I'm doing right now, I'm actually very excited to publish things about, um, uh, I was kind of hoping we would we'd have a different focus this year <laughs> in terms of videos. <laughs> uh, but you know, we 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 have stuff out there. You know, I'm pretty happy with how the PlayStation 2 uh, backwards compatibility video turned out, despite it being like a 48 hour turnaround time. I don't regret that video. I, I I very much enjoyed it. Does it have a lot of value in the world? Probably not. But I think it's one of those things that it's just those one of those little small weird things that I I think I personally enjoy covering. Being like, hey. Alice in Cyberland. I got a chance to talk about Alice in Cyberland for the PS1, which is a, a fun thing. Also, here's this weird thing that happens, and I'm going to share with you these cute karaoke scenes. Like, like I get to slip in some fun things in there, you know, despite it being a, a video about, like, hey, PS2, PS2 backwards compatibility is weird. Um, and also, I got to talk about Thousand Arms a bit, which, if you don't know, I did do an article about Thousand Arms a long time ago. Oh, a couple articles, actually. But more recently, a couple years ago, I did one. Um, and... It's it's a fine article, but it, it doesn't really it didn't really have any like gruff to it, um and and you know I'm not gonna say that what was in this video is like really showcasing Thousand Arms or anything like that, but I got to I got to mention it and I got to talk a little bit about what the game is and then also show kind of the fun little experience I had with the the soundtrack in that game. So so I think this year I'm 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 pretty happy with what we we have coming out. Uh, but I think maybe just the the sheer fact that I'm looking at this, you know, we're we're a little over halfway through the year, and I'm like. My year's kind of decided at this point, <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll we'll see. Um, there's definitely things I wanna I wanna do more. I do I would like to wrap or wrap up the quick plays again soon. I feel like that has been maybe one of the bigger drop offs this year that I that I wish I had more of a focus on. But I just haven't I haven't made a lot of progress in games in general. So so that's been my other kind of you know issue. I was supposed to have Xenoblade Chronicles X finished by June. That was my plan. And I'm not even halfway through the game at this point. So, so yeah. Anyways, if you're st- stuck around this year, thanks for sticking around. I, I hope the second half of the year is interesting to you too. 
Um, I think that Chibi Robo project is going to probably be the next project in the short term. It's going to be pretty much just an update to the previous one. So if that previous video did not interest you about Chibi Robo and the developer skip, then I'm going to guess this one's probably not going to interest you either. Come come next month, just listen to the PCFX podcast again or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it, but yeah, please, please listen to the PCFX podcast. I was, I was, I'm really happy with how that turned out. And, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully that, you know, my, my, my goal with that podcast was to kind of offer an accessible, uh, kind of explanation of what that system is and, and try to move it away from the narrative that, uh, you know, as, as recently of this year, you know, to see people still saying that it's like an erotic game machine. It only has FMV games on it. It's not something that's worth playing. And I'm not going to sit there and tell you you should go buy PSF, PCFX. But there's some interesting games on there, you know, even outside of just the accessible ones. Uh, I think it's worth talking about, you know, what that system was doing and and kind of the, the tone it had and the types of games that ended up coming out on it. And even some of the games we talked about on the PCFX did get ported to the PlayStation 1 and Saturn later. But I think those games were very much um informed by by the background of what that system was in some ways so yeah i feel like it just kind of rambled a bit so thanks for coming onecontrolport.com is the website that's 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 really this podcast if you if you if this is your first podcast stuff with this one this podcast is a complete like audio or of like word dump from myself about the things i've been doing lately basically <laughs> so so yeah but yeah onecontrolport.com is the website um if you didn't see last week, the Quest 64 stream did not work out. I was having some issues with my 64. I picked up some cleaning supplies to hopefully get that working. Uh, but I did play a, a PS1 game called Tiny Bullets. And this is a game I was not really planning to spend a lot of time with anytime in the near future. Uh, but it was it, it's a very accessible like Zelda-style game, like 3D Zelda-style game in some ways. And, and I, I had played it a while ago and I really enjoyed what little I played of it. So to, to suddenly have to jump into it all of a sudden because, uh, because the stream wasn't working out was, was a fun thing. And, and it's a fairly short game too, as far as I can tell, I think we're about halfway through it. So I think next, this next week, we're going to do tiny bullets again and try to finish that up. Um, and then, and then after that, we'll try to get back to quest 64. I just got to test, uh, you know, with the cleaning stuff and then make sure that the game's running fine. So we don't have to worry about ejecting immediately, uh, like we did have to do with this stream. I'm also having some internet issues recently too. So if the, if the VODs that are recorded afterward are a little bit choppy, sorry about that. Um, I've reached out to my ISP and they haven't been particularly helpful. Unsurprising ISPs in America. <laughs> um, but yeah, PCFX podcast tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And then uh, Thursday, we have the stream at 7 p.m. Pacific time if you want to check out some tiny, tiny bullets. Uh, other than that, I hope you have a great week. Bye.